The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Cato, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Paris, I'm the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder. Zach, it's uh, summertime. Summer, 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 summer summertime. That's what Will Smith said one time. That's what he did. He was... He was singing about sin this second. All day relaxing. Little known. Matt, it is back. it is Pentecost week here on the podcast. Isn't it? No, that was last week. Last week was Pentecost. Uh, and not only was last week Pentecost in podcast time, last week was Pentecost in real life, Matt, as you personally set fire to the Southwest California Synod <laughs> Assembly um, in Fuego up in here, man. <laughs> You were the Danny Targaryen at King's Landing with California Lutheran University. That's a hilarious and terrifying image uh, just to think about the... They rang the bell, Matt. What were you doing? The Gilbert Sports Arena. <laughs> Dracarys. I got up to the mic with a <laughs> flaming... I lit the card on fire and I just said Dracarys. Dracarys. And then the fire <laughs> rained... From that I'm sorry, I'm sorry, right? Pastor. Uh, is that a red card, a uh, green card, or a white card? It's <laughs> it's a flaming card. That's what it is. You should have set it on fire. That would have been <laughs> so metal, Matt. So metal. Uh, yeah, it just uh, you know, I just got tired of um, nothing really happening instead of assembly. So <laughs> you did something. Stir. Stir things up a little bit. So what what um, happened, Matt? I was not there. I could only see the flames, the smoke, uh, bellowing across the mountains. Yeah, I don't know. I can talk about it on the air and can't talk about it on the air. But uh, we had a bishop selection, and uh, I was pleased that uh, that it made it to the third ballot uh, because uh, that gave uh, seven people an opportunity to speak and share their perspective. And I think that's good. I think it's always great to have a conversation. Uh, even if our bishop, uh, who we like, is reelected, uh, it's just, it's good to have a conversation, I think, publicly. It's good. So I was glad that I went to uh, their ballot that made things a little exciting um, and helpful uh, for discernment. Uh, I wrote a resolution to try and improve the election process, <laughs> but unfortunately uh, I didn't submit it within 60 days. And so it got to, it went to new business if we have time, uh, and they ran out of time because, you know, unfortunately there are just a lot of greetings from important people that have to happen at Senate Assembly. Uh, so that um, it's just true, you know. I mean, sometimes you have to have a greeting from the, somebody from the University of Tübingen. That is definitely important. So then um, we also I was also in charge of the youth and young adults at Senate Assembly. And uh, and people would ask me, uh, oh, so you're just gonna, you're gonna have some fun with the kids, huh? Oh, I, was like, I know, wasn't it great? So I was like, I was like, yeah, and uh, and we're gonna build some power using my community <laughs> organizing language. Uh, really, my goal is twofold. I wanted to get the kids connected to each other, kids and frankly young adults. And I was really glad that we tied them together, actually, for a number of reasons. Um, and I want to get folks connected, uh, but also to help them find their voice at Senate Assembly. 
And to be honest, I didn't really know what that looked like. Like at first I was like, do we do like a youth young adult like orientation at the beginning? Like, I don't really know. And what we ended up doing was doing some community organizing training. So I had uh, Pastor Steve Jerby come in and do an organizing training for one of the workshops, which ended up being a packed room of not just youth and young adults. And then uh, we had a youth and young adult lunch, which we called a lunch it was really a house meeting where we invited folks to share how they felt excluded. And oh my gosh, people named some amazing things. Like it feels like we're just here to be um, a number uh, mm-hmm. in their, their credentialing statistics. And it feels like we're just here to keep their thing going, <laughs> <laughs> which was pretty awesome. Um, kind of true. So, um, so yeah, so that uh, is what we did. And then as the, we got to the last day of assembly, um, somebody wrote a resolution to ensure that youth and young adults were – this year they did a thing where um, youth and young adults were covered. Like you could add a third mm-hmm. voting member. They were a youth and young adult, and that would be at no additional cost. Um, they did this several years ago. Then they kind of stopped doing it, and then the numbers got really low, so then they started doing it again. So we were, somebody wrote a resolution to ensure that that happens every year. But again, not submitted within 60 days. So we had to <laughs> had to make a motion to suspend the rules in order to consider new business. Uh, and it, when uh, Pastor Ryan Chaddock got up to do that, he brought like 15 youth and young adults with him to stand at the mic. So it was all dramatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on a snarky text chain uh, and nobody on the snarky text chain knew what was happening. And it was really enjoyable to me because people were like, what's happening? Oh, my goodness. Is something going to happen? Uh, I just a little bit of excitement, you know, it's always a little yeah. bit fun. Uh, sadly, the assembly said, no, you may not bring up new business. I mean, the bishop was like, okay, uh, let's have a vote. You have to have two thirds. And the assembly was like, no. <laughs> so, uh, so that happened. Um, but I thought that the, you know, the, we circled up afterwards and I, I think people felt really fired up about it. Um, it was great that my college students said, uh, she gave a little report on synod assembly and she said, uh, this will be the first of many synod assemblies for me, which I was like, what? Like, who wants to go back to synod assembly? But she was like, this will be the first of many synod assemblies for me because this will not be the last time they hear my voice. Uh, which just, I thought was quite powerful. I didn't write it for her. She just like, that's what she, she felt at the end of synod assembly, which is really, which is like a good place to be. Um, I also thought it was good that we pulled youth and young adults together. There was like, you know, only a handful of high school students uh, under 18, um, and then some college students who were 18, um, and then folks in their 20s. And I actually thought it was helpful to have them all together because the young adults ended up doing some leading and mentoring that they needed to do, like in that space. But it also helped the um, under 18 and 18-ish year olds um, kind of lean forward a bit too I, so I just thought that was helpful you know it made it less like oh we're gonna have a pizza party which is what we normally do and more like no no like what's our role here in this giant community which is like a really good question to ask so yeah it was that was Synod Apocalypse 2019 <laughs> Synod Apocalypse <laughs> um, there's also been a lot of conversation afterwards about, uh, I think it's really kick-started a conversation about community organizing in our synod and uh, particularly around people of color and youth and young adults. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. So I'm, I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll see. Maybe we just started a fire. We didn't start the fire or did we? <laughs> well, dear listeners, 
Uh, yeah, so it turns out the things I'm about to say for the next five minutes uh, or so are a little too hot even for the internet. Yeah, Matt and I talked about it, and I came in uh, off the top rope real hot with Synod Assembly Takes. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and cut that part out. Uh, suffice it to say, I do think that Synod Assembly is broken. Not just my Synod Assembly or Matt's, uh, but the idea of Synod Assembly is certainly broken. And I think we see that uh, as the actions churches are taking around uh, the country like next year here in the Rocky Mountain Senate, we'll have a, a deployed or distributed Senate assembly where folks will gather at a bunch of smaller places. Uh, I think it's not crazy, uh, that crazy to say that Senate assembly is broken. The one tension I do want to lift up, though, that's come to light in uh, in our com- Matt and I's conversation about Senate assembly this year is about the role of the Spirit. Uh, in our bishop's election, I think Lutherans in the ELCA are particularly proud of is that anyone could be elected bishop on that first uh, ballot. You don't know whose names are going to be written down. Uh, And I think that's all uh, fine and good. Uh, But my complaint is the tension that that while we make room for the Spirit there, we don't make room for the Spirit in many other places at Senate assemblies. They're incredibly planned, uh, as was the case for Matt uh, and the folks in Southwest California. New business is almost always on a if-we-have-time-for-it basis. Uh, And so where are we making room for the Spirit to move when we assemble all these people? Should not we expect Shouldn't we expect that the Spirit is going to move and that they're going to want to do stuff? Uh, And the system we have right now squelches that. Uh, The Spirit can only move in Senate Assembly resolutions if the the Spirit has decided to move 60 days in advance uh, so that the Spirit can go through reference and counsel. The Spirit does not move through reference and counsel. It can, of course, uh, but... That's our invention and not the spirits. So all I want to do, uh, I want to say, yes, I continue to think that the Senate Assembly is broken. And two, I want to lift up this tension uh, that is certainly there, the tension uh, between making, uh, leaning heavily on the spirit in our bishop's election, but making no room for the spirit to move uh, in the business of the Senate Assembly. So with that, uh, we rejoin the conversation uh, where hopefully... Uh, If we've edited this correctly, you will not hear crazy rantings of a disillusioned campus pastor, uh, but instead thoughtful insights into the text uh, and congratulating our good friend, Kevin Strickland. Uh, Thanks. It's been real explicit. Matt, there's a lot of Senate Assembly news out there. Um, Switch gears a little bit. A lot of Senate assemblies yeah. are happening. So we have two pieces you know, of this. Somebody got the final preacher bump in the voting. Uh. <laughs> I'm confused about what has happened here, Matt. Uh, on one hand, I want to celebrate a victory because uh, in the Southeastern Senate, uh, which is Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Tennessee, uh, they elected a new bishop, Kevin Strickland, which I think means we forced Kevin Strickland out of his role as director of worship for the ELCA. He couldn't take the yeah. heat anymore, he so he had to get a better job, an easier job than uh, than facing the wrath of this podcast. Um, oh my gosh! On the other hand, I wonder how much this backfired. We helped with Kevin Strickland's name recognition because he's known throughout the church as a, a friend of me of the pod. True. Here's what I'm going to say, Kevin. Congratulations. You're a friend of the pod. I'm sure now as a bishop, your schedule will be much more open uh, and it'll be easier for you to come on uh, than when you sat at a a desk in the Magical Tower in Chicago. Uh, But also, (laughs) we love you, Kevin. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Also, if you would like uh, some outside uh, consulting on how your synod assembly works in the Southeastern Synod, uh, the Lord Preacher is available. Uh, You know, (laughs) We can change the Senate assemblies. 
Senate Assembly Consultants. <laughs> That's our niche, Matt, we found. Mm-hmm. So, uh, fortunately, we haven't used up all of our time because Zach's got to go in a short <laughs> of time. Got time. So got maybe time. we should move to the text. T for T. Ring I mean, thanks be to God that when things are broken, uh, we have a creative God described here in Proverbs that is doing some work to make all things new. That's a sincerely positive spin, Matt. I thought you were going to go with, thank goodness we have something clear like Holy Trinity Sunday. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's uh, insane. And they're not even great. The Proverbs text is actually pretty good. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's check out the Proverbs text. I'm reading from Proverbs. Uh, oh, my God. So, so we started with wisdom uh, at the crossroads, taking her stands, calling out to people at the entrance of the gates. And then uh, she says this. By the way, it's a she. Uh, the Holy Spirit's a she. Uh, fun fact, one of our bishop nominees... Uh, oh, I didn't mention Zach. I got a nomination for bishop. I am so disappointed with the people of the Southwest California Senate, Matt. Not because they got a vote for you, right? I need to text you that. Yeah. How did Rustin get two votes? Oh, well, he, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> so, but Rustin FaceTimed in. It was so fun. We were like, Jen and I stood in the back and we're like, it's Rustin. And uh, he called the Holy Spirit a she. And my, my young adult was like, what did he just do? Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> it was great. Um, yeah, I got one vote and I got to fill out the little form to withdraw your name. And I Ooh. took a picture of it and I can't wait to frame it. Because, <laughs> you know, if I hadn't withdrawn my name, I, been, been, I just decided I not to do it. Hey, next year, we do need to do a better campaign. Uh, to say, if you're out there, church, and you want to become the vinyl synod, uh, just let us know. You know, we can run your whole synod. Yeah, yeah. So um, how did I get off on that? Uh, I think it was the she for the Holy Spirit. That's where I went. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so then it goes into this great creative thing. Uh, the Lord created me at the beginning of his work. The first of his acts long ago, ages ago, I was set up at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped. Before the hills, I was brought forth. When he had not yet made earth and fields or the world's first bits of soil. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. When he made firm the skies above. When he established the fountains of the deep. When he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was beside him like a master worker, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and delighting in the human race. So what I do at Senate Assembly. I delight in the human race. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a creative. I mean, it just makes me think of an art project, you know? I got toddlers at home who are love to color uh, and play with stuff, and it just it makes me feel like there's some creative stuff going on here. It is. It is. I like it, man. I like it. It's good. Proverbs is good for for uh, imagery. Uh, sometimes, I, I mean, I think because uh, we got John and Paul paired with it. John and Paul don't necessarily. John sometimes has really good imagery, but then sometimes, like this text today and, and the text uh, a couple weeks ago, it just gets real wordy and idea y um, mm-hmm. and abstract. And so it is nice to have um, 
you know, uh, springs of abounding water, uh, the beginning of the earth, the depths. I was, uh, there were no depths when I was brought forth. The foundation of the earth, all that good stuff um, just gives you a lot to, gives you something to actually work with, something positive, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and two things. Here's two suggestions uh, for a preacher or two that you might uh, work with. Uh, or just maybe just one suggestion uh, is one thing that's, that might be helpful about Holy Trinity Sunday. When you start to like get into the weeds of it and to explicate it, it gets super complicated. But if you think about it as a way to that, uh, presenting an idea that God is beyond our understanding, if we're used to thinking of God as like a he father, this is Father's Day, <laughs> which is just fun fact. If you're used to thinking about God in some like traditional fathering sense, uh, that's fine. That might be one aspect of who God is. But Holy Trinity pushes us beyond that. And here, even in this text, we see um, God pushed to a she. Uh, it reminds us it's a nice callback to Genesis where um, where God says, let us make humankind in our image. And I always love that God, it seems there that God prefers the they, their, them pronouns. Uh here we are in Pride Month, a good way to get beyond binaries on Holy Trinity Sunday. Uh, there's some really interesting kind of pushing of boundaries that you could do, I think, on this Sunday. And maybe think about it as pushing boundaries rather than trying to um, tease out what all those little details are uh, of what God looks like. But rather to say, look, God is beyond uh, understanding. Just one little thread to pull. That is a fun thread to pull, Matt. I uh, I think we talked about it last year. Um I think that I've got all the hot takes. This is the the, the uh, Jakaris episode of the podcast. Uh, I think Holy Trinity Sunday is the least compelling historic festival uh, that the church observes. Um, there's not a real clear the rationale, uh, the history behind Holy Trinity Sunday. Uh, if you go read the Wikipedia article, uh, they say that it's a response to Arianism. Uh, that folks started observing it in like the three or four hundreds, uh, but it's really amorphous. That's not that's not certain at all. And it was really not until like the thirteen or fourteen hundreds that it became kind of a principal festival. So that part's not super compelling. The Trinity is a thing you should definitely not try to teach in your sermon. But this year, I think the angle I might take is try to go back to the Arianism piece. Arianism. Uh, dear listeners, is an old uh, heresy. And Arius's idea was that God uh, was above Jesus and that Jesus was uh, subservient uh, to God and somehow lesser than God. And so, so within that context, the Trinity is saying that she, that our so friend Sophia, um, that the Spirit, the Father, and Jesus are co-equal. Um, so the question I have this week is, is that important? Is that still important now that Jesus and God are the same but kind of different, but at least equal? Um, and I think, I think there's a resounding yes to that question. Uh, and for me, it, 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 starts to, it starts me down the road of kind of talking about like interdependence, which I think these texts do a good job of of getting at, uh, but the ways that we are all dependent on one another and connected, um, and really destroys notions of the creation as a hierarchical thing. Yeah. And I think part of the reason why that's important is not just as an abstract concept, but partly because we, we sometimes create our communities as a reflection of what we think the divine is, right? So if we think that the divine is like this hierarchical power over, then that's how we're going to create our community. Cause we think that's what good looks like. 
But if we think that God actually looks like this community of equality, then maybe that's how we ought to shape our communities. I mean, it's a response to our critique of Synod Assembly. Uh, uh, a community of equality and interconnectedness is is the inverse of what I experience at Synod Assembly. Um, and and uh, it's, it is funny and it's a joke, but it's also like sincere. I never feel less a part of the church than when I'm at Synod Assembly. Because um, it's just a giant reminder that this thing doesn't have a whole lot in common with me. Um, mm. uh, and again, I think I said this last year, like that's insane as a straight white guy who's ethnically Lutheran. Um, that's how bad it is. Uh, and that's not just a critique of, of, of the Rocky Mountain Senate Senate Assembly. Uh, I've been <laughs> other Senates and other Senate Assemblies. I will say my, my mother-in-law went to the uh, Greater Milwaukee Senate Assembly and left feeling uh, so great about the church. She loved it. Cool. Fired up. So we need to figure out what the Greater Milwaukee Senate yeah. is doing, right? There we go. She did say uh, that no one over the age of 30 touched the mic. Uh, except for the bishop, mm. which was an interesting concept. What, what were you supposed to do, Matt? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to speak anyway, but... I hear you. I hear you, Matt. I'd rather come onto our podcast and just talk into microphones that... Anyway, uh, all that's the same. Whisper, whisper Dracaris and Dracaris. let Drogon uh, speak for me. All that's to say, Matt, I think I, w- I want to frame this Sunday this week as uh, the good news of, of of the reality of the kingdom of God is uh, is a kingdom of, of equality and interconnectedness. Let me tell you some good news from uh, Romans, Zach, that might tie into an assembly. Suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. And character produces hope. So my guess is after assembly, you have hope. <laughs> or maybe it takes a while for those dominoes to fall. I don't know. I don't know. I just had extreme deja vu, Matt, because I feel like we had that same exact sentiment approximately 12 months ago, because it's the same text, right? Uh, is it the same text every day? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to respond to your quoting of, of Romans uh, to quote by quoting John 16. Uh, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot carry them now. You cannot bear them now. And that seems uh, <laughs> seemed to be your experience at Synod Assembly, Matt. The Assembly, uh, uh, there were things that, that God was trying to say to them that they could not bear yet. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, good news is their failure is not the failure of God. Um, mm. Indeed. <laughs> and that's good news. It's good news. Oh, anything else in the text? Does not wisdom call and does not understanding raise her voice? Uh, whew, this is just fire. This should be Pentecost Sunday. We should move Pentecost this year to Holy Trinity Sunday. Yeah, well, keep your red. You can keep your flames up. Keep them up. You, you put them up. Uh, Zach has a pretty fantastic, some really great pair of um, uh, vestments. I've got a great chasuble given to me by Christopher Stohevner. It's it's awesome. So you can keep wearing it if you want to, you know. Mm-hmm. You can do it. <laughs> no one oh. will call you out of order. So what, uh, what do we listen to on this 
Father's Day, Holy Trinity Sunday. Matt, I know we talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it again this week. It's Father's Day. Man, this Father of the Bride album, it is, <laughs> I've been listening to it all week. Uh, Zelma, uh, the vinyl daughter, loves it. Uh, it's a really good album, and there's so much to unpack, Matt. We don't have time to do it today. But uh, have you seen the video for This Life? Did we talk about this last week? No, I haven't seen the video. The video for This Life ends with a Seder meal. <laughs> They're at a Seder, right? Yeah. Uh, it's so crazy. Uh, and, right, like it's full of these Jesus references and Christ references, the whole album. Yeah. My Christian heart cannot bear. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh, I should put that. Yeah. I need to make that one of the songs, but I've got a different one picked out. So, Matt, what I'm going to do is one of my favorite, one of the boppier songs on, on the album, uh, also a, kind of a duet with Danielle Heim, is We Belong Together. Uh, which I think mm-hmm. speaks to the interconnectedness, that the interdependence. Um, gosh, and I think it's that that interdependence thing is for me. Um, there are things that, that some of us cannot bear, so we depend on one another to bear them mm-hmm. together, uh, which is good news. Yeah. And it's a good song. Uh, mm-hmm. We belong together like, uh, uh, oh gosh, what is it? Uh, bowls and plates like, uh, uh, ah, the lyrics are good. It was a good one. This like a, a literature reference. So I'm going, we belong together. Like Keats and Yates. Keats and Yates. There it is. Yes. <laughs> That's so fun. Uh, so I'm going to go, we belong together. Vampire Weekend off Father of the Bride. Uh, check it out. I'm on the verge of buying tickets. They're in Red Rocks in October. Um, I know I need to do it. And then in- I think, I think they're coming to the Hollywood Bowl out here, but I think, uh, I don't know. I'm a little jealous of Red Rocks. <sighs> Which is the better venue, Zach? I don't know. Let me come out to the Hollywood Bowl (laughs) for this show, and then I'll tell you after the show. Okay. 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 (laughs) Uh, Then I'm going to, in honor of... of all the fire we have spit this episode, uh, I'm going to go with a Maggie Rogers joint, who I've seen play at Red Rocks, uh, opened for uh, for Heim, actually, uh, last summer. Uh, has a song called Burning. Uh, so we are burning some stuff here this week, uh, and, and Maggie's going to help us out. But it, it kind of, it's not as severe as it might sound. Um, and it's kind of about the interconnectedness as well. Um, nice. How about you, Matt? What are you listening to this week? Yeah, Father of the Bride, of course. Uh, still enjoying that Vampire Weekend album. I'm going to throw a big blue on there because I'm thinking about this creative work in Proverbs. Uh, and of course, that's the album cover. It looks like uh, one of the reviewers called it like Microsoft Paint. <laughs> versus well, the other thing I want to say, Matt, that I didn't really get, I, I finished, I actually half listened to the REM, uh, the Are You Talking REM interview yeah, with Ezra yeah. Klein. And I listened to the whole thing. Uh, and now when I listen to it, I cannot get over how it sounds almost, it sounds so like the Grateful Dead. I'd never <laughs> gotten the Vampire Weekend Grateful Dead connection, but now that it's in my, because it, I mean, that like, uh, horchata and stuff, right? Like, it didn't, on its face, it looks nothing like it, and how they dress and stuff, right? Like, like yep. they had a no t-shirt rule forever. But right. now that I've got the Grateful Dead in my head, I'm like, oh, that is a, like, uh, Harmony Hall is you could tell me it was a Grateful Dead song that they just covered, like, and I would believe you. Right. Yeah. 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 It's a great episode of the REM podcast. I think hardly any talk about REM. A little bit at the end, but <laughs> it's a really real good, deviation really for the pod. It's great. So. Um, I personally loved that at the end they talked about U2, R.E.M., and Bruce Springsteen, and I was like, oh my, they're talking about my three favorite artists. This is fantastic. And Arcade um, Fire. 
Arcade Fire, yeah, right. Because what was it like? Arcade, arcade, arcade Fire, Fire was, was the like YouTube to Vampire Weekend's Aria. Yeah, I guess, you know, maybe, yeah. I see um, it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, I've been reading, I'm on a National Parks kick, Zach. Summer is coming. Summer in the parks, so I'm just like, I'm getting fired up. I'm going to bring my girls to National Park, uh, trying to figure that out. So I read uh, the audiobook version of, of the National Parks America's Best Idea, a film by Ken Burns and Dayton Duncan. I thought uh, it was I called Ameri- every time uh, I National did. Parks America's, one of their top 10 ideas. Best, best idea. Oh, best, best. idea. Okay, sir. Uh, <laughs> uh, and every time I, I told Chris, she would roll her eyes because she thinks, why in God's name would anyone want to listen to that? But I listened to that, and then I listened to Lassoing the Sun, A Year in America's National Parks Ooh. by Mark Woods. And now I'm listening to The Hour of Land by Terry Tempest Williams. I'm just on a National Parks kick. And then as I was listening to these audiobooks and I'm driving to Senate Assembly, I realized that I was driving through the Santa Monica Mountains National Recreation Area, stopped at the Visitor Center, and geeked out for a little bit. So I'm going to throw a song by a band called The National Parks. Ooh. They have a new single called uh, I Can Feel It. Uh, they're kind of a pop folk band, uh, the National Parks. National Parks, I can feel it, new single. Uh, and then uh, finally, uh, <laughs> I had a long conversation with uh, former guest of the pod, Tyra Dennis, about uh, one of her favorite artists, Jackson Brown. She really loves the song, Doc- yeah, Doctor My Eyes, uh, which I thought was actually quite appropriate for this text about creation and mm-hmm. uh, seeing the world and seeing God in some different ways here on this Holy Trinity Sunday. So let's throw some Jackson Brown in there. Uh, Doctor My Eyes. I like it, man. I'm excited about this uh, playlist. I am too. It's good. It's good. I know next week we start uh, the summertime. We uh, semi-continuous. I don't know that we have... Uh, it's just a bunch of random prophets. So I don't know that we have a theme, a clever theme like we've had the past two years. Uh, but but this this gives me some hope that uh, playlist is not going to suffer. We can only hope. All right. Well, uh, it's it's been real, man. It's been real. Uh, <laughs> it's still been vinyl. <laughs>